We are now at 24,000. A few minutes ago, we were under $24,000 on Bitcoin. Yesterday, we won 25,000. In fact, when we met yesterday, we were challenging the 200-week moving average, and now we're $1,000 underneath. And I think everybody's asking the same question. Do we think that this pullback is going to get worse, or is this time to be buying the dip? I've got some data that shows you both sides of the coin. You can choose and, and make a decision. I'm going to show you what I'm doing as well. Also, is Matic in trouble? I mean, we have seen a lot of fight on Twitter around Matic laying off about 100 staff members and burning through about $200 million in a year. The question is, is Matic in trouble? Is the biggest ETH layer 2 or one of the biggest ETH layer 2s in trouble? We're going to be talking about that. Uh, then I'm going to tell you why the market is nervous. Um, and I've got some good some good juice for you about why the market is nervous. And I've got a whole lot of, an, a whole lot of other alpha for you. So today's a, a really big show. A re, every day is a big show, but today's a really big show. So let's do this. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. present isaac mal if you hear say present brent droid if you hear say present gonzo if you hear say present james say present seth say present if you hear james if you hear say present fred if you hear say present ray if you hear ray present ray if you hear say present all right ray doesn't want to be present Ray doesn't. We're here. Good. We're here. We're present. <laughs> present. Present. Okay. Good. Everyone's present. Listen, it's going to be a big show today. We're going to talk about this market dip that's happening right in front of our eyes right now. Bitcoin now under twenty-four thousand dollars. That's not good, unless you want to buy. Because if you want to buy, that's really good. But it might actually even get better. So we've got to understand why the market is coming down today, and then decide whether we've got balls to buy the dip, or whether this is uh, the end of the. 2023 bull market and now we're going straight back into the bear market so i mean there are people that are saying that's the end of the 2023 bull market we'll see you again in 2024 there are people that are and i know you're laughing but there are people that are saying that those are the same people that thought that bitcoin would just go from here to from here from uh beginning of january from 16,331. there were some people that thought bitcoin's going to go all the way up to 30,000 without stopping, without stopping. Now, what we're seeing is that we're up 46.44% in less than two months. I think that's a pretty good start. And I think that pullbacks are healthy. I think that when you get a pullback, as a trader, as an investor, what you need to do, you need to try and understand why there is a pullback. You need to test that thesis against your theory. And then based on that, decide whether this is a buy the dip opportunity or whether this is not a buy the dip opportunity. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then we're going to decide whether we're going to buy the dip or not buy the dip. Then I want to talk to you about Matic. 
We have to talk about Matic. I saw this yesterday. You see, Matic firing 20% of their staff. The top two NFTs traded on OpenSeas are scammed. Whoa, there's a lot going on in this tweet. So you know what I do when, when there's FUD? I don't, I don't speculate. I just call my friends. And so this time I called Sandeep from Matic. Sandeep from Matic is going to be joining us on the show. And we're going to grill him. We're going to ask him all the very, very, very tough questions. Because even though we're friends, doesn't mean that I don't ask them tough questions. We, we must, you must always ask your friend tough questions. Um, and then I want to give a big shout out to one, actually one of our biggest critics, um, who's actually, um, I, I actually want to talk about this before we start the show. Do you mind if I just for one minute, just, just talk about one of our critics? Um, I want to share, I want to just, I want, I want to just quickly say this. So I, I have been reached out to by many, many, many critics. And a lot of them are quite surprised how open I am to criticism from the critics. And I, I really am open because I'm human after all. And, you know, I, I see some of my weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is that I'm overly optimistic sometimes, which is great in a, in a bull market. In a bear market, not so good. But there are a lot of people that, that are big enough to be honest with me and to highlight some of my weaknesses. And one of those, um, one of those critics is a guy called Mr. Wh Mr. Whale Killer. Now, he, he's quite salty. He, he's, he's been quite salty against uh, the community. We jumped on a call. He, he expressed his views. I expressed my views. And we actually realized that your best friends in this industry are actually your critics because they challenge your perceptions. You know, we often, we get caught up in, in, um, in, in our own perceptions and we get caught up in, in, in this juice that we drink, um, in the potion that we drink. And if we are not open to criticism, then what happens is we can get faced with another Luna where we lose a lot of money because we weren't open to criticism. So I'm really, really, really happy when there are critics who respectfully talk to us and show us the, the, um, the, our weaknesses and we learn from our critics. So if you, if you want to take us on, we challenge you to take us on, come onto our Twitter spaces, come on our show. I've given the same invite to Mr. Wellkiller and I said, you know, he says influences on us because they make money out of you. When you show the truth behind them, the real person shows his face. This is the only uh, influence in crypto Twitter that, that offered me to come and debate him on his opinions live is crypto matter. And that's an open invitation to anyone because I am human. I want to be challenged. I believe that your critics help you grow. They show you your weak spots and that, you know, you've got to listen to your critics much more deeply than you listen to your friends. Anyway, speaking of friends and critics, let's now get onto the the meat and potatoes of this show you need to like this content you need to like this content because i can see gms i can see that you haven't liked this content resist the lizards you haven't liked the content sunrise is the only one that's liked it glenn liked it melvin liked it come on guys like this content help me get distribution um help me get distribution real raid boss says Ronnie's not human Ronnie's ai i wish people saw me having a nap yesterday on on on, on the sofa here. i was i was feeling a bit sick um, but I carried on and I bring you crypto love and I bring you crypto wisdom. Anyway, let's go. Let's talk about where the hell we are. So this is actually where the hell we are. We are 23,977. What happened ye yesterday was that the market, the broader market, the financial market, the S&P started to pull back and pull back quite a bit. In fact, I think I read somewhere. Here it is. We had a 2% drawdown on the S&P. We had a 2.45% drawdown on the NASDAQ and 2% on the Dow. So yesterday was actually the worst day of 2023 for the financial markets. The worst day for the American, for, for the American financial markets. Uh, and if you want to see it graphically, that's pretty much what it looks like. So we've only had six negative 1% days and one negative 2% days in 2023. And that was yesterday. Now, 
a lot of people are panicking. I went to the charts and I drew an S&P chart. The S&P now is at a critical level. It's at 4,000. I drew a trend line, very simple trend. And it looks to me like this could either be a perfect retest of the trend line if we carry on going down, or we're going to break down and destroy this beautiful momentum that we've got. And I want to show you why the S&P is currently being so nervous. But even though the S&P came down quite a bit, if you watched Bitcoin trading against the S&P yesterday, what you would have realized is that for, for the first time in a long time, the S&P was getting murdered and Bitcoin was holding up pretty well. So S&P getting killed, American markets getting killed, Bitcoin holding up very, very, very well. And what we're seeing is that the correlation between Bitcoin and the S&P or the American markets is actually flipped negative. So when two assets are positively correlated, when they're positively correlated, that means they move together. But now Bitcoin has actually broken its correlation with the S&P. In fact, if you, if you look at this, we actually have a negative 0.25% correlation, which, which is very different from where we've been in the past. If you look in the past, Bitcoin has been very much correlated with US equities. Obviously when FTX happened, that was like our black swan event. But this time, the, the, the correlation between Bitcoin and S&P has actually been broken, which is pretty interesting because remember I said to you yesterday and the day before, and actually we've been speaking uh, to you guys uh, since the 7th of January about where this Bitcoin pump is coming from. And we said, look, even though the US is cutting, cutting their balance sheet, taking money out of the economy, increasing interest rates, Asia, Japan, China are doing exactly the opposite. And so what you're seeing now is you're actually seeing that play out in real time because you see that the correlation between Bitcoin and the S&P has gone negative, okay? It has, but if you look at the correlation between Bitcoin and the Chinese stock market, the Shanghai Composite, what you can see is that the correlation between Bitcoin and the Shanghai Composite is now becoming quite uncanny. You can see here it is over here. So... There's the Shanghai Composite. You can see that since November, the Shanghai Composite is very much in an uptrend, bringing a higher low here, a higher low here, and now a higher low here. And it's actually on the way up, bringing a higher high here and a higher high here. And I guess very, very soon, we're going to see another higher high. So we see that Bitcoin is now correlating itself with, with um, the Chinese or the Asian markets. And those Asian markets, well, they are positive now. So you can see it's not only the um, the Shanghai index that Bitcoin is correlated, highly correlated with, also the Hang Seng index. You can see that Bitcoin is now has a 1.2 correlation with the Hang Seng index, which by the way, I think is also in a raging bull market. So let's just quickly look at the Hang Seng index. Here we go. Here's the Hang Seng. Bull market. I mean, you can say huge bull market, maybe coming down slightly since January, but generally in quite a big bull market. Um, and you can see, again, what we, what we spoke about yesterday, where I said to you, while the Fed is taking money out of the economy and reducing its balance sheet, you can see that over here, and the ECB is taking money out of the economy and reducing their balance sheet, the Bank of Japan is doing the exact opposite, and the People's Bank of China, which is the Central Bank of China, is also doing the exact opposite. They are putting more money into the economy. They're in a, in a position of stimulus. Um, you can see that the Bank of Japan has announced an emergency bond buying operation today. 
which means that they're going to be putting even more money in the economy. In Hong Kong, they're handing out consumption vouchers, more food vouchers. So putting more money into the economy. Um, and so you can see that, what, what you can see is that Bitcoin is losing its correlation with the S&P and it's gaining or, or increasing its correlation with the Eastern markets, which are also in, in a bull market. The reason why this can happen is because Bitcoin is one of the only global liquid um, uh, tradables in the world. It's one of the only liquid tradable markets in the world. And so in periods, one of the strengths of crypto and Bitcoin is in periods where the where one market goes down and another market goes up, we can actually enjoy that being holders of, of, um, of Bitcoin. Someone says Bank of Japan is the only buyer of their own bonds. Yes, they are the only buyer of their own bonds, but they've got a huge amount of money to protect their currency and, and buy their bonds. Let's take a look at the bubbles. Um, obviously a bad day today on the markets, not much happening, not much happening. But if you zoom out and you say, okay, well, what happened in the last week? I mean, that's still quite good. We're going to talk about Anchor today because of the deal that they've done with Microsoft and with Tencent. So we're going to talk about Anchor today. Uh, also, we're going to give away a Rolex today. So if we get 2000 likes, we're going to give away one of the Rolexes. We have to give them away. It's nearly the end of Feb. Nearly, nearly, nearly the end of Feb. Mm, all right, let's talk about... Um, yeah, I see. I mean, I, I see that. I see. I see in the comments that there are a lot of people that are a little bit salty about the fact that Bitcoin is dumping. And I, I mean, I don't know what you guys were expecting. I don't. Were you guys expecting us just to break through the twenty-five thousand dollar level, to come all the way from sixteen thousand in January to go up? I don't know, over fifty percent in two months. Did you expect for it to be a a one way only? Definitely not. I saw this tweet from Immortal. And what Immortal says, he says, um, he says, let's get straight to the point. Now he looks at the 2019 cycle and he looks at the 20 at the at the current cycle that we're with. And he says, look, if you looked at the 2019 cycle, which we think that this cycle is going very, very, very close to the 2019 cycle, we had 193 days from the bottom to the mid-cycle rally top. Now, today, if you look at where we're at, we're about halfway through that. So we're starting to play the same pattern and we're about halfway through the 193 day cycle, which as you can see, we're playing out exactly the same. He says, let's get this straight to the point. In 2019, the, the rally lasted 193 days from the bottom, the rally top. Currently only 92 days have passed. So if it's similar to the 2019 rally, it would be halfway in terms of the duration. And you can see what happened or there's still this aggressive part to go. So right now that fractal is playing out Pretty, pretty uh, perfectly. He said, 2019 and 2023 have, have a very different accumulation phase. So let's measure the duration of the rally from the time it breaks out of the accumulation zone to the top. And he shows in 2019, that's 85 days. In 2023, that is um, uh, 39 days so far. So he says, look, in 29 days, in 2019, we had a bigger capitulation and a longer accumulation. In 2023, we had a smaller capitulation and a shorter accumulation. Long story short, he says he forecasts that Bitcoin, if it carries on following the 2019 fractal, can expect a price target of $46,000. It's not going to be a straight one road up. So if you were expecting it to be a straight one road up, very sorry. That's not what's going to happen. Because right now, we have two things that are worrying markets. So if you look at the US markets and you look at why why we got um, uh, this this result yesterday, this negative two, negative 2.45, negative 
if you're wondering why we got this result, and in fact, let's quickly check what are the markets doing today? So Dow Jones, absolutely flat. Yeah, they're very, very flat. Uh, let's look at the NASDAQ. US Tech 500, flat. S&P 500, flat. Can someone check for a pulse? Can someone please just go and see if anything is going on, on in the US markets? So we're looking for direction. Yesterday, though, the markets were worried about two things. Really, there's two things which are really, really, really stressing or stressed the US markets yesterday. The first thing that the markets are worried about is Joe Biden. And the second thing that the markets are worried about, no, I'm kidding, it's not Joe Biden. The first thing the markets are worried about, they're worried about Russia. So why? Because yesterday, Putin made a speech. And in the speech, Putin was quite hawkish. He came out and he, you know, he said things like he vows to continue the military operation against Ukraine. He came out and said, we have attempted at every opportunity for peace. The US has hundreds of military bases. He, he basically said, we are going to carry on fighting uh, this Ukraine war. Now, this is at a time when President Biden made a surprise visit to Ukraine on President's Day. And in that surprise visit, pledged his allegiance to Ukraine. And what you see, what you saw yesterday and the day before during President's Day is you saw a very romantic relationship between um, Biden and Zelensky. I mean, it was so romantic that there was even tears. So, you know, Putin was watching this and, you know, he was saying, wow, like, you know, this is not cool that, um, you know, Joe Biden has now done something. He's, he's gone all the way to Ukraine in a surprise visit to, 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 to pledge his support to Ukraine. And you can see he was very serious. I mean, I listened to I this speak yesterday. once more to the people of Russia. The United States and the nations of Europe do not seek to control or destroy Russia. The West was not plotting to attack Russia, as Putin said today. And millions of Russian citizens who only want to live in peace with their neighbors are not the enemy. This war is never a necessity. It's a tragedy. President Putin chose this war. Every day the war continues is his choice. He could end the war with a word. It's simple. If Russia stopped invading Ukraine, it would end the war. If Ukraine stopped defending itself against Russia, it would be the end of Ukraine. Okay, so he pledged his support. He also gave arms and ammunition. In fact, uh, they, they announced the delivery of uh, critical equipment for Ukraine, which included artillery ammunition, anti-armor systems, and air surveillance. So pretty much doing everything except actually taking up arms, because that would be an act of war. And if that was an act of war, that could start um, a world war, I guess. Now, what are people worried about? People are worried about two things. The first thing is they're worried about nuclear warfare, which Russia has capabilities. We all know Russia has nuclear warfare. The second thing that they're worried about is they're worried about China getting involved because, you know, we're getting, as we get the US teaming up with Europe and Ukraine, China is watching this and saying, look, you know, we don't really like the US. We think this is an opportunity to, to attack the US. And so now there are a lot of concerns that China might provide lethal assistance to Russia. And President Xi is planning a trip to Moscow. Now, at the same time, you had Russians meeting Chinese diplomats in Moscow, and the Chinese diplomats said things like, our relationships will not succumb to the pressure from third countries. 
we are ready to deepen our strategic cooperation with Russia. So that's the one thing that the markets are worried about. And I mean, you know, they, they say, he who has the last laugh, last, the last laugh, laughs the loudest. You know that saying, right? So in this case, the person who had the last laugh was actually from this dude over here. But from the from the day I took over, but from the night I won, and I called two people. You know the two people are Putin, right? You know who Putin is and Zelensky. And I'd say, We're gonna meet. We're gonna meet. And I would I I guarantee I could work that out. I guarantee I know exactly what I'd say, by the way. I know exactly. I tell one guy this, and I tell one guy that, and I say, you better make a deal. We would have a deal made in 24 hours. <laughs> President. So, I mean, he, he, he had the last laugh, at least in this case. He, he was the one who jumped out, and the, the big orange man, he, he came and he turned around and he said that. All right, so that's the one thing that markets are worried about. The second thing that markets are worried about is the following, right? All of a sudden, traders and the market are starting to really, 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 really worry about inflation and interest rates, okay? We had higher than expected job numbers. We had a higher than expected CPI print, even though inflation is still coming down. And now the market is really starting to worry about interest rates going up again. So much so that we are getting a... Okay, this internet very slow because we don't have electricity. So I'm actually, I'm driving here without electricity. But I think we have about a 24% likelihood of a 50 basis point rate hike. Okay, this is not working. But it was it was about a 50 a 24% uh, probability of a 50 basis point rate hike. Let's try and zoom out and just see. There we go. Okay, now it's a 21%. So the market is starting to, to worry about this 50 basis point rate hike. In fact, all the big institutions are now betting on a 50 basis point rate hike in March, which is contrary to what may happen. And but that's echoed by Fed spokespeople. Like this is Bullard. And remember, Bullard is never, ever bullish. James Bullard is never, ever bullish. He says that interest rates will probably go to between five and five and three eighths. So let's that, just listen. Uh, the news has just been that the U.S. economy is stronger than what we previously thought. And uh, you certainly see that in the blowout uh, jobs report. Unemployment ticking down, not up. Uh, at a 50-year low, uh, job openings uh, two to one for compared to uh, workers searching for work. Um, other indexes, the labor market, uh, very, very strong claims, still very low. Uh, so I just think you have a very strong labor market combined with more momentum coming out of the second half of 2022 than we previously thought. So uh, that adds up to markets wanting to price in uh, a tougher road ahead for inflation uh, in, in disinflation in 2023. And I think that's basically the repricing. So he's saying, look, markets are starting to price in a, a bit of a rocky road when it comes to interest rates. And he actually reckons that the interest rates are going to go to 5375 which is exactly what the market's telling you, which is a little bit more aggressive than the last interest rate hike. And that's why the markets are acting the way they are. Because all of a sudden, we're worried about inflation. Now, this Friday, we're getting the PCE numbers. That's going to be a big show. We're going to have to, we are going to, have to talk about PCE and talk about um, the results of the, of the PCE numbers because that's going to be the make it or break it. If we get a high PCE number, the probability of a 50 basis point rate hike starts to increase and then the markets are going to pull back. If it's the other way around, and I don't think it will be, unfortunately, 
then we get a bit of a market rally and we go back to a 25 basis point rate hike. The Fed meeting minutes are coming out today, I think. Today or tomorrow? When are the Fed meeting? I think today or tomorrow, the Fed, meet, the Fed meeting minutes are going to come out. There we'll be able to see what happened at the last meeting and how many Fed officials actually thought that a 50 basis point rate hike was pretty much on the cards. So that's the second thing that markets are worried about. Okay, so one is the Russia-Ukraine situation, which obviously we're going to keep an eye on. And the other thing that the markets are worried about is they're worried about this inflation thing, which is rearing its ugly head again. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what, what's going on here. Um, let me just have a look at this chart. No, okay, that's not, that's not a good chart. All right, let's go. So we did tell you in the beginning of the show that we heard a lot about... Um, uh, a lot of people were fudding um, Matic. And, and they were saying that, you know, yesterday Matic announced they're going to be laying off about 100 of their staff members. They also announced that they have about $250 million left in their kitty plus 1.9 billion Matic in their, in, their, in their fund. And people were starting to fud them. They were starting to say, well, how the hell did Matic burn through $200 million in less than a year? And, you know, what's going on at Matic? And we don't believe in FUD. You know, when we hear FUD, we think we need to get to the bottom of the FUD. And so what I decided to do was to get my mate Sandeep Racha on the show and ask him face to face. Let's ask him all the tough questions. So if you have tough questions for him, put them in the chat. I'll ask him. But I mean, let's get him on here. Sandeep, how are you, my friend? As good as ever. Sandeep, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Can uh, you okay, hear me? Wait, we, we're not see. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, there's a slight delay, but I, I think it'll work. Sandeep, there were a lot of... I can hear you. Just just count to five for us. Let's just see that we... Okay, we, we can see him, but his lips are moving slightly. There's a bit of a delay on your lips. I don't know why. Uh, do you maybe have AirPods or something? I... Let's see if we can... Might have, maybe maybe it's the it's my internet connection. Let me quickly... Let me quickly change my position. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna change he's gonna change his position when I see him back in the waiting room. We will get him back here. Um, but we're gonna address all this Matic FUD. Um, let me just get a whole lot of these windows open. Okay. I see that. Okay, we're gonna, so we're gonna we're gonna speak to Sandeep now from Matic. Then we're gonna talk about Arbitrum because I think Arbitrum's about to bring in a lot of money into this market. I think people are fading the Arbitrum effect which is about to hit this market, hit this market really hard. Okay, I do see Sandeep again. Let's see, how's that? Hey, can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you. I mean, the sound doesn't match his face. Or can, is, uh, okay, good. So it looks right on his side. Perfect. Sandeep, so there been a lot of, there was a lot of FUD yesterday. The, the FUD machine was out in like full force yesterday around Matic and the fact that you guys were Polygon and the fact that you guys were laying off 100 employees and that you had burnt about $200 million from your budget. Maybe just walk us through, um, first of all, maybe just walk us through why you guys are cutting staff and what the rationale is. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, the Polygon, like the FUD and people trying to, you know, discredit Polygon is nothing new for us, right? Because most of these, you know, alt layer ones and many layer twos, they know that, you know, the way Polygon is getting adoption, their game, the most of them are dead on arrival and whoever are uh, remaining, they see that, you know, most of the things, most of 
you know, big brands, applications, everything is moving over to Polygon. Uh, you know, there are only few legit, uh, you know, not only few, like, you know, maybe one or two who can actually claim uh, that they have any organic traction. So that's why, like, you know, whenever they get a chance that uh, to, 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 you know, talk uh, bad things about Polygon, they will do that, right? Especially coming from some of these alt L1 people so we that's that's nothing new to us but the second but the main important part is like your to your question that you know in the last 12 18 months we uh, acquired three three or merged three different protocols into polygon like you know polygon zk maiden and zero and a lot of redundancies came in into polygon plus in the last 12 to 18 months we went from 80 people to 550 people. Even now with this cutting 100 people, what, what they are not, these footsteps are not telling, we still have 400 people. We still are three times bigger than any other protocol team out there, right? And we are working aggressively on building cutting-edge ZK technology, cutting-edge, you know, uh, blockchain technology, the clients, Polygon Edge, uh, you know, a lot of you know, tooling technology around it so that you developers can have good user experience and, and whatnot. So there are huge amount of developments uh, being done on, on the front. And plus, we have teams who are taking it to the mainstream. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a big ship. And uh, this was uh, very important for us to set Polygon for next five to 10 years. And that's what that's what we have done. Like, you know, this there were redundancies, we needed to remove them. Because right now, as you also know, you were just talking about the macro markets, right? Like, you know, there are macro markets to be taken into account. There are, you know, as I said, our restructuring taken into account. And we are not here for, as I said, like since that 2018, right? That we are not here for one year, two year, three year. Like these discreditors, they will keep saying things. But Polygon is here and it's going to keep grow like this. And it will not stop before its goal is achieved, no matter how much painful it is so for these competitors. So what is the monthly burn of uh, Polygon currently? I mean, you, you mentioned that, that you know, you, you laid off 100 people and, and you've still got over 400 people. How much money does it cost you to, to, to run the ship monthly? I think after uh, this uh, current numbers, I don't have like back of my envelope numbers, but I think yearly we will still land somewhere between maybe easily 80 to uh, 120 million dollars roughly because you know these changes are just coming into effect but we'll still land into that like easily 100 like 80 to 120 million dollar burn rate uh, which is you know perfectly fine for a protocol of our size yeah so you raised about 450 what some of the fudsters say is that you raised 450 million dollars a year ago You've only got $250 million left. That means that you burnt $200 million. If you burnt $200 million, first of all, did you burn out $200 million? That, and if you that, did, what, what was it yeah. burnt on? Yeah, yeah. So out of that $200 million, what they are again not telling you is that we have a $100 million Polygon Ventures Fund. Right? So the only $100 million, the other $100 okay. million got fund, right? So that's, again, like these are all half truths, half lies, these firsters and short sellers will tell you so that they can, you know, play the markets in that. So this we have clearly mentioned, like if you see my tweet, I have clearly mentioned in my tweet itself. But, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, but, but Sandeep, that's why we get, that's why we we keep getting you guys on. The reason why we get you guys on is because we actually want to hear we want to hear it from your mouth. We, we don't really care about the fad. You said, look, Polygon has grown exponentially. To continue this path of stupendous growth, we have we have crystallized our strategy for the next five years to drive mass adoption of Web three by scaling Ethereum. Our treasury remains healthy with a balance of over two hundred and fifty million dollars and one point nine billion Matic. A big part of the strategy includes unifying all our teams under Polygon Labs to drive more growth. As part of this consolidation process, we've made a difficult decision to reduce the team by 20% um, and cut about 100 positions. Impacted employees, which I think was amazing, will each receive three months of severance pay, regardless of their level or their tenure at Polygon Labs, which is, that's unheard of in pretty much most organizations around the world. Yeah. I, I think you, you see the like parting te uh, teammates as well. Yeah. Um, Another important point is if Polygon had money issues, how, why would we give three months of severance pay, right? Like, and actually, many of many of the yeah. So I mean, these are all like again. But yeah, you you keep asking the questions. Like you know, I'm just I'm like uh, you know some of these uh, fudster have been saying yeah crazy things. This is great. I'm, I'm I'm glad you clarified it. But just to be crystal clear, so you raised four hundred and fifty million dollars. Yes. You put a hundred million dollars into a fund. You burnt yes. about a hundred and fifty million dollars, and now you've reduced your burn rate to about eighty to hundred million dollars a year. You have $250 million left in, ca in cash and you have 1.1 billion Matic, which is the equivalent of about $2.2 billion. I think we have said, if you see the tweet, 1.9 billion in Matic. So like at roughly at today's price, it will be like 1.4 billion, like 13% of the supply and all that. Yeah. Which is fairly healthy. I mean, that's, that, that sounds like a, that's a pretty, that sounds like a pretty healthy uh, a balance sheet and a pretty healthy protocol to me. I also understand that that you that's, know that's protocols, why, businesses, foundations do need to. Yeah, and Rand, like that's why I'm saying that you know. Yeah. Um, that's why this this is a very bad news for these uh, you know like competitors who are trying to spring up these things because they are going to keep getting the pain and they will get more pain in the coming days because we are more we are structured better for the next ten years. That's the thing. Okay, now let me ask you a question. So I think the big news around Matic is the launch of the ZK EVM mainnet on, on Ethereum. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect here, when it's going to launch, and why it's such yeah. a big event. Yeah, so I, I think that, uh, you know, most of the, uh, if, you, if you speak to a lot of blockchain researchers, most of them will tell you that zero-knowledge technology is the, is the final frontier for blockchain's ultimate scaling, right? And ZK EVM is... You know, everybody thought that ZK is like probably four or five years away from here and all that. But because we had, and that's why like we we having three different teams working in three different approaches helped us a lot. And in the last 12 to 18 months, we were able to develop ZK EVM, like all kudos to Jordi, who is actually, if you see, he's the first one who came up with this idea of ZK rollups, like zero knowledge based rollups uh, back in ETH uh, DevCon. So we have been able to build it. And... As I said, that if you ask most of the you know kind of uh, thought leaders in the space, they will tell you that this is the uh, you know holy grail of uh, Ethereum scaling. And once it comes up, it becomes more stabilized, becomes more battle tested. I think if we are looking at you know who knows millions of TPS because you can technically add not only zk rollups but zk validiums, which get as good as Ethereum security with data availability off chain. Uh, if it does in a, if it is happen happening in a polygon POS uh, form, 
it can be very uh, prominent and it can you know have like like hundreds of thousands or millions of tps which actually makes any of the other layer ones and all that redundant Okay, so I mean, if you look at what's going on in the landscape today, you've got, uh, and I, I'm looking strictly at the data here. I'm not looking at any at any opinions, but if I look at the the growth of layer two solutions, you can see that Arbitrum is growing pretty strongly. Uh, yeah. Polygon obviously is the number one the number one layer two scaling solution. You've also got Optimism, which has had a little bit of a of a run. When you yeah. look at uh, at Arbitrum and when you look at at Optimism, do you see these as competitors? Uh, I. I mean, see, first of all, if you see, like, you know, in all fairness, yes, all of the layer twos are also competitors in between. But if you see, I also tweeted to congratulate Arbitrum because Arbitrum had like very good number of transactions uh, yesterday, which like Polygon has 4x, like I think four times the number of transactions of Ethereum main chain. Arbitrum achieved almost equivalent to Ethereum transaction yesterday. And their DeFi ecosystem is growing very well. Like, you know, last year we also had like $20 billion in our, you know, in the bull market and all that. So because of like, you know, they have a lot of good things, uh, especially with the, you know, kind of uh, airdrop coming in and all that. So there is a lot of organic activity also happening over there. And for our Ethereum ecosystem, we don't consider all of these as competitors. Like, you know, they, we are all scaling Web3 and we are very strong proponents of that on the layer two level. Uh, you know, there are going to be multiple players. It's like more like cloud, decentralized cloud, like where where there will be AWS, there will be GCP, there will be Microsoft. All of these protocols are going to be there. And, uh, you know, eventually the markets will be divided between these three. So multiple layer twos will exist. On layer one, although I am very clear and I have multiple times talked about my thesis also that I don't think there's going to be multi-layer two environment. There'll be a layer one environment. There'll be one single layer one, which is Ethereum in my mind, on top of which all of these layer two where the user activity will happen. Wow, that's that's a big statement. So you believe that Solana, uh, Aptos, Avalanche, uh, and Cardano, you believe that in time, those will all eventually become very small or... or, or, or I mean, yeah, um, even now... Not really relevant, it, rel it, uh, relative to... Yeah, yeah. If you see even now, like, you know, everybody is there for last two years and, uh, uh, you know, I don't see any significant traction on any of these uh, chains. And, uh, you know, like, otherwise we are like, you know, multiple layer two solutions you would have seen looking at uh, some of these layer ones. So we like, I absolutely don't uh, feel that anybody has any, ch any chance to compete with Ethereum anywhere. What about Solana? I mean, if I look at Solana here, Solana is doing 18 million transactions per day, more or less, uh, relative to Polygon doing 3.1, Ethereum doing 1.1 million. If I look at the on daily active addresses, Solana is just under Ethereum. Yeah. On which applications, if I may ask you? Yeah, like, I, mean, there no, I don't know. There is no DeFi, there is no significant gaming. There is only uh, NFT, PFP transactions over there, which you can see like there are 60,000 transactions. All of these transactions, like, you know, it's very hard to understand which applications are generating these transactions. So, you know, I mean, even I don't know, I don't pay that much attention to Solana. Okay. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more focused on the layer okay, two. Okay, so now, now I have a very important Yeah. So I have a very important question for you when it comes to layer twos. So if I gave you $10,000 to invest in a layer two, but you're not allowed to invest that that ten thousand dollars into 
Polygonmatic. You're not allowed to invest it into Polygonmatic, but you have to invest the $10,000 today and you're investing it to get maximum return and you can only invest it into one protocol. In fact, no, let's make it more exciting. You can invest it into any protocol you wish and you can cut up the $10,000 any which way you like. Yeah. Where do you put the money? I think it will be surely Starkware and Arbitrum. Both of them. Like I'll divide 50-50% and both of them. Both are very good teams, respected teams, uh, good engineers. And they are, they are doing legit work. And uh, we appreciate them for that. Yeah. Okay, so 50-50 into Starkware and 50-50 into Arbitrum. Listen, Sandeep, it's been amazing having you here. You know Yeah. Optimism also, I forgot. Like, yeah, optimism also definitely. Like, maybe one third between all three of them. But wait, let me ask you. Let me ask mm-hmm. you a question. So, up, but I mean, when you look at like, when you look at arbitrage, when you look at, at stock. Sorry. But optimism is optimism is not a zk technology. Optimism is an optimistic roll-up technology, right? Yeah. Yes. Both optimism and arbitrum are optimistic. Do you believe? Do you? Do you believe that 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 optimistic rollups can be as effective as zk rollups? No, no. That's very research makes it very clear that it is not going to be the case. Uh, optimistic rollups are surely a middle-term solution. Uh, right now, they are doing well, but the moment zk technology zk rollups become uh, you know more uh, you know battle-tested and the activity starts moving over there because you have seven-day delay period. It's very hard that, you know, it's somebody is going to pay the cost of this money being stuck for seven days, right? Uh, whether they say that, no, 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 users will not pay, but the, but yes. the player who's actually doing, somebody is going to pay for that money. So it's fundamentally economically inefficient. So uh, zero knowledge technology, because you don't have to rely on the data. So I think ZK is going to be more prominent. That's why, like, I think I would like to change my, maybe if I had to change my bet that way, I did not see because I think Arbitrum is going to be launched uh, Starfare is yet to be launched, so that's why, like, I would put half and half. But if you ask me a long-term bet, I will put. I would like to go only on zk, and maybe Aztec and Starkware would be uh, the main ones in that. I mean, listen, Sandeep, I'm glad we had you on. You know, we don't like fad, we don't like uh, nonsense. We like to get straight to the source and to hear it from from your mouth. So thanks, my friend. thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, man. Always. You see that? So in true banter style, we don't we don't get fudded out. We bring in the right people. You heard the answers. Now you can make your own decisions. That's what that's what it's all about. He did speak a lot about Arbitrum. And I mean, you've got to look at Arbitrum now because there's two reasons why I've got to look at Arbitrum now. Arbitrum hasn't launched and there's no token yet, but Arbitrum will launch soon. And when Arbitrum launch, I think they're going to get an insane valuation by the market. In fact, I think the valuation is going to be over $5 billion. And I think that they're going to do an increase. Look at, look at this blue line here in terms of daily active addresses. So the one that's increasing the most, the quickest is Arbitrum. In terms of transactions, Arbitrum is also increasing the, the quickest. If you look at total value locked, Arbitrum is increasing the quickest. If you look at DEX volumes, Arbitrum is increasing the quickest. Why are we talking about Arbitrum so much? Because you can't really trade it. But you can hunt for the Arbitrum airdrops if it's not too late. Also, when Arbitrum actually do their airdrops, and they will do an airdrop. We're going to get a huge airdrop of free tokens onto the market. That's going to act like a stimulus. And a lot of people or not enough people are paying attention to the fact that the Arbitrum airdrop 
may be coming any minute now. You can see that. You can see the daily transactions charts all hunting for the airdrop. Um, that's telling you there's an, there's an airdrop in play. Now, when the token launches, it's going to be like a huge stimulus onto the crypto market. So imagine they do an airdrop and the airdrop, if you think about the blur airdrop, the blur airdrop dropped about $400 million of free money onto the market. And that's why all of a sudden we got this, this spike in, uh, in, 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 in the market. Now, when Arbitrum do exactly the same thing and they get a huge valuation by the market, all of a sudden you're going to get this huge inflow of a lot of money into the market. Texas says the, the Arbitrum airdrop is next week. I don't know if it's that soon, but I think we're going to hear an announcement soon. And when it happens, I think it's going to be amazing because if you look at every single metric in terms of daily active addresses, if you look at TVL, if you look at DEX volume, if you look at revenue, if you look at any other metric, Arbitrum is amazing. So I think... Um, I do think that uh, that's going to be quite a big airdrop and we should look out for it. Um, let's look at what else is it. Anchor. Anchor made two announcements. The first announcement they made is that they partnered up with Microsoft. And then later on today, they made another announcement that they partnered up with Tencent. So Tencent also signed a memorandum of understanding with Anchor, a Web3 infrastructure provider, to jointly develop a full suite of blockchain API services. So um, I think this is another one that you need to be looking out for. Anchor's price spiked yesterday. Let's quickly look at, at the anchor price. Bitcoin's under 400, under 23,400. We are watching it very closely. Of course we are. Uh, anchor, let's see it where it was yesterday. It was at, fi at 5 cents. Now it's at 4.8 cents. Holding up pretty well in this market. But I think, you know, if you make an announcement with Microsoft and you make an announcement with Tencent, then you, you're going to get a good, you're going to get a good price reaction. Um, Coinbase released their numbers. The numbers yesterday were a little bit better than expected. I don't think there were any great shakes. Uh, Antonio, I wouldn't be getting into Anchor now. I wouldn't be getting into Anchor now. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything for today. I do want to just alert you guys that tomorrow we are doing a Deribit, um, a Deribit um, what's the word? A Deribit tutorial sh showing you guys how to buy options. I think that you guys should do it with me and I, because the only way you're actually going to learn is, is actually to do it with me. So I think in order to do that, there is a referral link below. Open an account on Deribit. Just put in some money and put your money into ETH because we're going to be trading ETH um, uh, uh, options. And I'm going to show you guys tomorrow how to do it. So go and do that. And tomorrow, we're going to go through a step-by-step -step guide on how you can use options to, to, to absolutely explode the returns on your portfolio, which is going to be big. Also, one thing that I, I need to bring your attention to is... so. If you go to, if you've got an account on Bybit, and I know you've all got an account on Bybit, and you go to tools, what you'll find here is that there's a thing called copy trading. And I want to just explain to you what this copy trading is, because I think it's super, super important. And then there may be an opportunity for some of you guys that are actually watching the show. So how this works is there are a whole lot of traders and each trader has a return profile, as you can see. So like, for example, this czar of crypto, if you click on his name, you see that he's got a, in the last seven days he's done a 90 percent return the most he's ever gone down is 23 is 23 percent he's got um uh he's got a whole lot of followers so he's got cumulative got 150 followers and his seven day win rate is 75 percent and so you can see all these statistics and all the traders and then if the trader has space because not all these traders actually have space you can actually just click one button and you can start copy trading these traders you can start copy trading these traders um which is great if you see if you don't have time and you want to copy trade a good trader that's that's great. So where's the opportunity? I'll tell you where the opportunity is. If you think that you that you are a good trader and you can prove over a 
long period of time that you are a good trader, an amazing trader, we want to meet you because if we do our research and we think that you are a brilliant trader and you have a track record on Bybit, we may be able to give you the biggest opportunity of your life. So if you are that person, and again, only do it if you are a good trader and you want to do copy trading, go to cop, uh, email um, copytrader at cryptobanter.com and just give us some details about who you are and what your returns have been. And we may set you up to be the banter copy trader. We're going to do a lot of due diligence first, a lot of due diligence first, but then we may be able to give you a full-time role as a copy trader that the banter community can actually follow if you guys are good. So copytrader at cryptobanter.com if you are that person. Okay, then lastly, as I said to you guys yesterday, a lot of you pushed back and said, we can only draw the Rolex um, based on the methodology, which we said is that people with the most entries get the uh, get the opportunity to, to win the Rolex. Now we have to give away two Rolexes by the end of Feb. We said that. Um, let me just quickly get my sheet here. We did say that, you, are there 2000 likes, Josh? Should I even open my sheet? Okay, so if we get 300 more likes in the next two minutes, I'm going to draw a winner from the Rolex competition. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to draw a winner. I've got to give away the two Rolexes. I've got a Bybit, uh, uh, I've got a Bybit Rolex and I've got a BitGet Rolex, two Submariners. I have to give them away, guys. I have to give them away before the end of Feb because I committed to doing it. So do we have 2,000 likes, Josh? 1.8. All right, I'm going to assume that you guys are going to give me 2,000 likes. I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to put in random number generator. Okay, so there's Google random number generator. There's 7,400 of you on my list today. 7,400 on my list. I'm going to generate a random number, which is 4567. And, 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 and. If you are account number... Four five six seven four five six seven is account number three one three seven zero seven two eight. If your account number three one three seven zero seven two eight, you need to let me know within the next five hours. You need to let me know that you are that account number and you are the winner of the Rolex. So we're going to send you the Rolex wherever you are in the world. If your account number three one three seven zero seven two eight. You've got five hours. Your time starts now. Tomorrow, we're going to be drawing the BitGet Rolex as well, which is the black, the black Rolex. The Bybit Rolex is this blue Rolex. Listen, I really, really, really need to pee. So I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends. I need to go. I need to go.